Howdy doody. Welcome to the French News Art, presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is May the 31st, 2023. My name is Frank. His name is Alex. How you doing? How are you? Doing great. I wanted to start today's show off by wishing my beautiful, smart, amazing wife happy birthday. Happy birthday, Sarah. Happy birthday, Esther. 33 today. SK, excuse me. Sorry. SK, yeah. Which officially makes her two years older than me and thus starts the portion of the year where I refer to her as a cougar until I turn my next year and become 32 and then we're only a year apart again. So, Well, good for you, Al. Good for you for getting on the cougar train. (laughs) What's a male cougar? A liger. A a liger? I don't know. I don't know. A lion? I don't know what it would be. A bear? Jack a whole different like, thing. Like four years younger than me? Three years younger than me? Oh, yeah. It could be sugar daddy. Yeah, that. <laughs> or, or just, just daddy. I feel like it's <laughs> just, just a creep. creep. You're an Isn't older it? guy. There's, there's no, like, honor in that. Isn't it weird to think, like, age gaps? Like, when you're in high school, four-year age gap is large. Like, you would have been a junior or a senior in high school dating an eighth grader. But like now that's nothing. And like there's there's gaps where people are eight, ten years older, younger, and it's like that is it's so weird how like that changes. What like what is that threshold when the weirdness lifts, you know? Twenty five? Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like a social experiment I don't want to be a part of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm start going to middle school. I have a pure of heart. <laughs> pure of heart and mind. Oh man. How was your holiday, man? You know what? It was actually really great. Uh, spent a lot of time with friends this weekend. Nice. So it was great. It was really, really fun, actually. You guys cook out or do anything cool? Uh, no, we went to a little park around here. It's called Kate Sessions Park. Uh, it sits above a hill. I don't know if we ever took you there. It sits above a hill uh, above like Mission Bay on the other side and just looks all the way down into Mission Bay. And then you see like downtown in the distance. And You can see all of re- the whale's vagina. Mm-hmm. Probably nice. much. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see a, that. I don't think we have. It's a great spot. Um, so we just went out there. Everyone brought some drinks and their own food, and we just kicked it. Nice, dude. Brought the baby and laid down some blankets. Had a great time. Had a whale of a time. I asked by you. It was good, man. Chilled with the family, and that's always a fun time. And got to grill. That's really why I brought it up is because. Mm, yeah, grilling weather. Man, the grilling weather is officially upon us. And been doing. I've grilled a few times this year. My, my goal this year is to utilize that tool more but I, I wanted to ask you what your favorite thing is to throw on the grill hmm. like is it a standard like honestly i really like cooking cheeseburgers like i love being like a philadelphia collins randy bo bandy kind of man and just sometimes even taking the shirt off and just flipping some bergs yeah you know push out and got a little bit yeah and, ah. and like getting that timing just right so you get just that little bit of medium in there you know, yeah. and it's a science. Like I, the burgers we cook are usually a little thicker, so it's harder to judge that. But when Nothing I get it right, it just feels good. Over the charcoals, pigeon, some no, like chicken. Um, I do like chicken. Actually, you know what's really good on the grill? I think it's like underrated. Is some like uh, chicken thighs, like teriyaki chicken thighs. Ooh, you get that nice caramelization. I might have nice to do char. that. I just bought a yeah. shit ton of, of thighs from uh, Costco because I do They're so cheap. Yeah, they are so cheap, and I, I do like uh, shredded chicken. Like slow cooker for chicken tacos. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and it, yeah, the thigh, the thigh meats. What you want for that? I feel like, but that's. Oh, I need to try them on the grill. Do they cook pretty quick? Because it's kind of a thin. You dig. Yeah, I, I guess it depends what what thighs you. If you have like the boneless, skinless, yeah, man, they'll mm-hmm. cook up pretty quick. Yeah, it's great taco meat. 
Yeah. Mm. Real good taco <clears throat> meat. Chop it up <clears throat> real nice <throat> and fine. Yeah. But you mentioned meeting with friends. I, I have to imagine that that's somewhat bittersweet. I, I don't even know if the listeners have formerly known yet, but this is no. your last week in San Diego. It is. It is. I haven't, uh, yeah, I don't think I've made it uh, public. Not that it's a secret or anything. Uh, but yeah, we're moving. We're moving across the country um, on Sunday. So excuse me if my mind is elsewhere this morning. <laughs> um, yeah, we're packing up and, uh, and, we're, and we're moving. Where are you moving for the listeners? Upstate New York. I'll, I'll keep the exact uh, location somewhat <laughs> private. But we're moving to New York State. And you're probably thinking, why are you doing that? <laughs> it was funny. I was talking to some friends this weekend and I was like, yeah, it's probably like the, at least like the second most blue state in the union next to California. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I don't care. I don't care about the politics, but it does affect the way you live there. Uh, but it, I, it, you know, all that's run by New York city. So we, we, you know, to the extent that we're affected by it on a state level is one thing, but it's going to be very much, very much small town living. And we're not, I was, yeah, I'd have to imagine most of the people you're surrounded by are like-minded. Yeah. And, uh, so we're doing the damn thing. It's exciting. I it th- seems like it's bittersweet for you a little bit though. You don't seem as, as excited. Like, are you, I'm are, stoked. Don't get me wrong. Are you? It's just, okay. I have, it, you know, in between this moment and the final destination, I literally have a mountain of tasks mm-hmm. to accomplish. So like it dampers, the excitement a little bit, but once we get on the road, I, I think I'll be good. Once I know that everything fits and, <laughs> and that we're good to go. Um, but yeah, no, I'm dude, I'm stoked. I mean, San Diego's home. I love it. I'll never not love it. I'll always miss it if I'm, when I'm not here, but we've talked about getting out of here for a while. And I think this is just it, the opportunity is really good. And it's a good way for just us to untether ourselves. And New York is definitely not the final destination. Like this will be very much a temporary thing, but it's like the, it's like the in-between before we find out where we really want to be. Right. And we have some time to explore and figure it out. So no, dude, I, I, I am, I am stoked. California and San Diego in particular has become a place where it's impossible to raise a family and live the life that you want to live on even like a really good salary. Yeah. I mean, not that you got, I mean, homeless isn't as bad as it is in like LA and whatnot, but like still like to, to spend all that money and just still see like tons of homeless and all that shit. Like, it's just, I don't know. I, I, it's like the weather. It's like the trade-off for like almost perfect weather year round. Although I know you guys had a lot of rain this year, but yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. And like, dude, I think, uh, at least I'm speaking for myself, I'm fully willing to admit when the time comes, if the time comes, that this was not the right move. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much Fully have the, willing to. You have the but, ultimate fallback plan, though, to go back to mm-hmm. San Diego. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, but it, that's going to be amazing. What, what's Jack feeling like about it? Because I, I mean, me and you've, you've moved. You've lived in other places your whole life, you know, like throughout your different years since high school. But like Jack's never lived anywhere else other than Southern California, right? I don't think. No, she has not. Yeah. Um, and she I, nervous? I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to uh, put words in her mouth. But if I could get a read on her, it, it would be that uh, everything we're doing is, uh, m- you know, with the kid in mind, mm-hmm. and so we have a, a good little strategy for the baby. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to have like unlimited us time, right? With True. The baby. Yeah. True. Selfishly, I think, admittedly, um, and so I think that's. Uh, one thing and the other thing we've talked about is just like life slowing down as fun as it is to live in San Diego and as awesome it is to live here we're always 
on the move, like twenty four seven. There's something planned, like almost every night, with somebody doing something. Um, and I, I just, I just don't like people that much, Al. <laughs> I feel you, dude. I, I just mean, don't like people it, that much, even the nice people that, I love. Yeah, it is nice that you're gonna have family where you're moving to, so it's like you still have some people to like help get you familiar with the area, you know, hang out with when you want to. But like, like you're saying, yeah, you're not gonna know many people, so it's gonna be a very family oriented and, and slower kind of thing. And that's great. Yeah, man. It's going to be awesome. If family's important, I think that, you know, that's the, only, that's the, the crux of all of it, right? If there wasn't family there, then it wouldn't even be a, a, in the conversation. We would still be living here trying to figure out what the next move is, mm-hmm. but it's hard. Like a lot of people here in San Diego will talk about leaving, right? They'll talk about the expensiveness of it and how unrealistic it is. And, the juxtaposition between the outrageous cost of living and the homelessness and everything that goes in with it. But it's really tough thing altogether to actually leave, to actually go. For sure, man. And I think it helps that I've done it before mm-hmm. because now it's not like as daunting of a thing. Um, I don't have like any romanticism about where I'm going. Not really, at least. <laughs> I know what it's about. And I've tried to set some expectations, but anyway, um, yeah, man, uh, getting out, making the move, taking that step. Um, it's, I think it's great. And, um, we're, we're forming a life that we want to live and we're doing the things that are necessary to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, we want to be mobile. We want to be able to travel. We want to be able to not be tethered so much so to, geography or at least while the kid doesn't have any place to be right yeah right before it's it just gets into baby. like formal schooling right right yeah are you going to try to like seek out friends there like try to join you know any kind of social groups or like a golf league or any anything like that or are you not really interested in expanding your circle of friends yeah well, i hear i hear the uh the racism is just off the charts so i'm, I'm sure there'll be a group i fit right into um <laughs> You know what? That's a really good question because when you move to a new place it's and you know it's temporary, it's hard to create lasting relationships. Mm-hmm. I've had this experience firsthand. Um, you feel like you don't give a shit more. And um, that's a really good question. But I do think that we're going to feel the loss of friendships. Yeah. And it's going to be one. It's, it's You know, we're going to want to be able to call somebody to come over and have a, you know, share a bottle of wine. Right. Um, and if that's, you know, not my family there, cause they'll be busy, we're, you know, we're going to want it to be somebody else. And plus, you know, you get tired of seeing the same people all the time. So we definitely want to expand yeah. our reach out there, but also, you know, the, it, it, we also want to like, uh, uh, explore the area and, um, mm-hmm. to the extent that we can do that, I mean, like, I, I don't know, like, like maybe we'll find people that love to travel in the region, you know, True. like, I don't know, yeah. it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but like, there's so many places that we haven't been around that, you know, that we're are within three to five hour drive. So that's yeah. going to be a big that's focus of, of just going and seeing. Yeah. I, I just, I asked, cause I remember, well, last week we went out and saw our buddy, Chris Cali out in Portland. He moved out there like seven months ago, I think him and his, uh, his girlfriend, Cheyenne and their, their son, Sonny. And it was good to see him. Man, I missed the shit out of that guy. And, and one thing he had mentioned is just like, it's, it's, the adjustment has been a little tough for him because he's he's not you know his personality he's not like crazily outgoing in the fa- in like the way to like make friends in that regard, right? 
Um, and he, he kind of said that, that that that's been a, a challenge. And, you know, that that at first when you move to a place can kind of set some kind of a negative light to it. I, I remember when I moved to Chicago, it was the same thing, man. I moved here completely by myself, knew nobody and wasn't starting school for like two months. So it was just like me in this big city. And I spent way more time in my in my studio apartment than I should have instead of getting out there and doing whatever, trying to meet people, whatever. But it's tough, dude. It's super tough. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it, there's a there's something to be said about leaving uh, not just the area, but the relationships that you that you built. your ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, it is. But as soon as yeah. I did, you know, as soon as I did, and and those those relationships really through not even as much through school, but through once I got a job and and you know started kicking it with more with those people and expanding the circle, this place began to feel more and more like home. To the point where, you know, dude, I've lived in Chicago for a third of my life now. Like, it's nuts to mm-hmm. think about. But, like, right. this this is home now. But it, it's just, man, it's, I, I just remember it being so hard. And maybe it's easier for you because it's not, you have an idea, you have expectations for how long you'll be there. And that could always change. But, like, you know, and having family there. But I just, shout out to Chris, man, because they're doing, they're doing great shit out there. And I'm really, really proud of them for making a move across the country like that. And they said to say hi to everybody. So this is me Hello. saying hi. Um, yeah. And I know, I know like it doesn't make sense. We're kind of going in the opposite direction. <laughs> we're not we're <laughs> fleeing out West. We're going, we're going to the muck, but, but yeah, man, that culture shock, I think a lot of that has to do not just with the new area and the new places and getting used to a new area. There's a, there's a certain amount of excitement that goes along with that sadness as well. Realizing that this isn't the same, this is very different mm-hmm. and you don't know anybody or anything, but, but not being able to like, just call up a friend and go for a walk or, you know, just do anything, uh, go get a beer, right? Like that, that stuff is, uh, underrated when you're thinking about this kind of move. So Dude, maybe um, we need to bring back zoom trivia then brother. Oh brother. Me and Sarah were just talking about it yesterday, man. That, were that you really, that's, literally, that gives me, uh, that gives me PTSD. That dude, triggers that, me. That when I think of the beginning of COVID, man, that is a, a shining highlight to me. That was so fun. <laughs> it was so. fun. You know what else was fun? Like almost all of COVID for me. <laughs> oh yeah, fuck yeah, dude! Like go playing trivia, not working. Yeah, it was yeah. great. It was a great a lot time. Of Call of Duty. <laughs> but that also started my Call of Duty addiction. So I don't know. That could have been a bad thing. Yeah. Or video gaming addiction. Yeah, that's one thing. Talking about untethering, I will be bringing no video game system with me, which I'm what? very excited about. Really? What are you doing with the PS4? Oh, who knows. Give it to charity. Oh, Frank, I'm gonna miss you, Go man. Corrupt some other young soul. What? What? What is your reasoning there? Don't Don't you think you'll have more free time on your hands? Yeah, I would not like to there? fill it with uh, virtual murder, <laughs> constant battle. That no, man, it's a time suck. It really is. Look, it, it's mm-hmm. a, it's an addiction. It's an addiction, Al. There's no two ways about it. And you can have fun playing it and you can have a great time with your friends and that's all nice and well, but let's call it what it is. It's an addiction and I have an addictive personality. I do things yeah. to excess, <laughs> video games being one of them. And uh, I would like to be a little bit more constructive with my time. So I've made the conscious yeah, decision yeah. to not bring any video games. Nice, dude. Nice. Speaking of Seattle and Portland, man, we, we were just out there and Dude, their homeless might be their problem might be almost worse than your than San Diego's at least, probably not LA's, but mm-hmm. they have a serious problem up in those cities. Yeah. Dude, downtown Portland was disgusting. It's rough. <laughs> I was not. I was not a fan. I love the surrounding area of, of of Portland, and when you get kind of into all the little like 
boroughs outside of downtown. It's awesome, and it's got like a hip vibe and great food. Downtown Portland uh, was was just gross to me, and then like Seattle does a better job of hiding it. It's just like in little clusters of homeless, like, mm-hmm. it seems like. But aside from the homeless, like that that area of the country, man, is is one of my favorites, dude. I love it up there. The the hiking out there is is beautiful. We found this this uh, lake called Rattlesnake Lake uh, outside of Seattle. It's like only about 25, 30 minutes from Seattle. Beautiful hiking, man. It, it was glorious. The, the lake has like all these big ass boulders and stumps that come out of the lake that look like little like spines and shit. And then you can take like a, it's about like a two hour hike up um, to like a lookout. They kind of, it, it's, I think it was like 1200 feet up and it's just glorious. It was, couldn't recommend it highly enough, but like just the hiking out there is, is just awesome. Um, one thing I don't love though, and that's just kind of when you're, whenever you're around mountains, I guess it's like so many cool things look so close to you, but then you go to like Google map your distance, like your ETA to them. And it's two and a half hours, even though it's 60 miles away. It's like, fuck, <laughs> like there's want to go see Mount Rainier, but it's literally like almost three hours to get there. It's six hours of driving in a day. Yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot, uh, more spacious than I think people realize out in the Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, beautiful countryside. The city is a little sus. Yeah, a lot of for tents. Sure. Should have invested in camping world stock. One, what I did see though is they're doing, especially in Seattle. There's a ton of tiny home communities where they're like basically, you know, like like the sheds mm-hmm. you can oh, buy. Exactly you can buy them at Home about. Depot, dude. They're, and they're doing like full neighborhoods that look like bubbles, like his his little shed from mm-hmm. Trailer Park Boys. It's just like rows and rows of them where the homeless live. I don't know if they charge them or whatever the arrangement is, but. That looks way fucking better than tent cities all under all your underpasses and all that shit. Like I, I did like that. I'd never seen that in a city before. Yeah, you know, it, it's the 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 different approaches that these cities take are interesting because none of them can solve the problem, and they can't say that publicly. You can't go out and say I can't solve this massive humanitarian crisis that's going on in the city that I'm supposed to be leading. Uh, you can't, as, if you're a politician, you can't admit your incompetence, but. They're all incompetent. And one argument that I'm warming to, I'm not hot on it yet, but I'm warming to it, is that homelessness is a housing problem before it's anything else, right? Yeah. You could go down the list and say like, okay, this person is homeless and you could figure out why. Maybe they're, to me, in my mind, uh, if you're homeless and you're seeking help and then you get out of being homeless, that's a homeless person. Somebody who lives on the street in a tent is a whole different thing for me. True. But then I hear the argument that 100% of homeless people are not housed. And I know that's like on the face, you're like, duh. But -hmm. then you think about every homeless person across the spectrum of of anybody who is living on the street. And you could say that a certain percentage of them are mentally ill or they have this problem or that problem. They're addicted to drugs, but like not all of them. So even if it's like 85% of the, the people that are out on the streets have some sort of mental illness, like diagnosable mental illness, or they're addicted to drugs or both, there's still a certain percentage that isn't, but 100% of them don't have a shelter. And so that idea of those tiny houses doesn't solve anything. Like it doesn't solve anything. These people are still in despair. And you could make a rosy picture like, oh yeah, they're going to get, uh, they're going to get the ability to go and find a job and they have an address and they can get their life back together. That's, I'm not optimistic about that. But what I do like is the fact that there's actually something 
trying to be done. And they're not just like throwing millions of dollars into ideas like San Diego does. I had never seen in a city so many needle drop boxes Ooh, as yeah. in Seattle. It was weird. Were Do they, they given, have them out, like, out in LA? Were they given uh, needles away or crack pipes away? Not that they I do saw. That in San they do that? Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. That's, oh, that's so If you're going to spew, so spew into this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it's like. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, San Francisco is awful, man. It's rough. It's rough out there. I didn't notice it when we were out there. Has it, has it gotten worse in like the last eight when years? When were you or? in San Francisco? When we went there. When oh, we were dude, living in San Jose. It's a completely different city. Really? It's a completely different city. Mm. I don't know. I, we may or may not have talked about I don't think we did. Every single store on Market Street, like where the, where the big shops were, all yeah. the shops, every one of them gone. Boom. They pulled out. Yeah. They are no longer in San Francisco. Um, and it's even gotten that, to the point where like, like even like super liberal people, which is the majority of San Francisco are yeah. saying like, yeah, dude, this is not no more, no more. We can't, we can't mm -hmm. like, I don't care what you call me. I don't care what you say. Uh, this is not, we need to fight crime. We need to, we need to is get it, after is it this. spilling over into like Silicon Valley at all too? Or do they kind of keep that? Is it like a Calabasas kind of thing where they can, they have the affluence no, to say, get the fuck like out of here? San Francisco, Oakland, East Bay area. Like they're their own different thing. The Silicon Valley will have like, like even like San Jose is like the, like the capital of the Silicon Valley. And it's got a problem for sure. Hmm. Wow. Um, third largest city in, California, I think, uh, San Jose. So anytime you have over a million people in a state like California, you're going to get these, these type of problems. It's a sad tough. thing. That's tough. Yeah, it is. It's a sad thing. It definitely is. It's a sad thing I'm, because I don't know. I don't know. You could tie this into homelessness, but I guess you can in, in a sense. I, we asked a question today on Facebook about intervening. It's like, if you were to see a woman that you don't know, stranger, just a woman, in broad daylight gets smacked by a dude. Just right across the face, open palm, smack. Do is you like, intervene in that? Is, is this like a normal dude or is this like a Terry Crews dude? Let's say he's a normal looking fella. 5'7", okay. five, 5'8", five, 165 pounds. Uh, yeah, absolutely. If, if I think I'm going to go and get my fucking ass beat to put my neck where it doesn't, where my business, you know, where like I, it doesn't necessarily belong, I probably wouldn't do that if I'm like with my family and shit. But yeah, I mean, if I, yeah, <laughs> I would, I would at least say something like, whoa, whoa, dude, what's going on? You know, sounds what's like, going on? Sounds like convenient courage to me. Bro, I'm not, <laughs> that, you never know what the dynamic is. Like, in, and to, to interject yourself into situations, you never know what the fuck could happen. Like you could just, you never know. So I would be cautious, I guess, if it was like a bigger dude or if it was like with a group of dudes, I'm not going to, like I said, with my family or something, but yes, like the chivalrous man in me would, would have to intervene. Like you, to a point, yeah, you'd have to be like, well, are you okay? Like at least try to separate him or get the woman away. What do you think? Um, I think, I think that, so you said like, you never know. I think in this situation, you do know, you know something. Right. If you see a guy smack a woman, you don't know any any of these people, but you see him smack a woman in broad daylight. 
That's an unhinged individual. Yeah. That's a person could have a gun on him. who's willing to go way further than you're willing to go. Exactly. Which is like, if he has a gun on him and he wants to shoot you and not you're even about gun, to die like, for someone you don't even know, like what, that, that doesn't, that's not my business to, at a point, defend. I think the message that's being sent loud and clear all over the country is that if you intervene in a crime and you commit a crime during that intervention, you're, you're going to be prosecuted. Not the person that committed the, the original crime, right? It's like in football. Mm. Like the person who gets flagged is the person who retaliates. It's not the person who did the, who did the pushing first, right? Right. right. Um, my answer is absolutely not. I don't intervene in anything, much less somebody who's willing to smack a woman in broad daylight. And you might think like, oh, okay, like, like that's not me. Like I'm going to white knight for this because I was taught to defend women's honor. Like, okay, fine. Good for you. I'm glad that that's how mm-hmm. you feel. But as soon as you intervene with somebody like that, who you don't know about, you've now put yourself in danger and your entire family in, in danger. If you're, especially if you're a man and you have a family who counts on you, now you've put all of them in danger because you've walked into an unpredictable situation where the variables are endless and almost all of them are dangerous. So Dude, I, I say I intervene zero times. I say, I feel very sorry for that woman. Maybe call the police you know, maybe get the authorities involved, maybe get somebody who's licensed to carry a gun and shoot it. Um, not me, not me, brother. I'm not, I'm not doing that for anybody. I'm so interested if you could use that as like a polling question, uh, politically between like left and right, how, how those, what those results would show. Cause you know, like the right is, is kind of like, I'm going to, with all, with most of their policies, like I'm, I'm worried about me and mine focus on this. I'm not going to buy buy into. I don't want to support programs like welfare and all like other shit that helps people. Like it's capitalism. That's their focus. And well, I think it's a very charitable view. Left, of, it's like uh, let's help everybody. Right, but anyway, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but on the left, it's like let's help everybody. Let's donate in these things. Healthcare for everybody. So it's like if you ask this question to them, do most Democrats say yes? You intervene, and most Republicans say no. That's I think not it's an unfair business. question like, to ask people. I'm so curious because I think in the moment they're going to want to say what they want people to think of them. You want people to think that you can be that hero, that you would stand up for the honor of an innocent woman. I can be your hero, baby. But, but, but no, like, but yeah, I know. Yeah. I I don't know how to fight. I've never been, I never had any formal training in martial arts in anything. Have you ever been in a fight? No. What am I going to fight for? Franklin. I'm going to fight you. You'll probably whoop my ass, dude. Honestly, like I'm not even, I'm a big dude. I feel like I can hold my own, but I've never been tested. I've never put myself in a position to be tested. How's that jaw hold up? How's that jaw? Is it glass jaw? I'll probably fold like a freaking cheap chair. (laughs) Um, But I think it's, I think it's an important thing to remember that like, let's, okay, let's, let's even draw this out a, a different way. Let's say you do intervene and you end up, disarming this person or you successfully remove him from the harm he was committing to another person. You will get sued and you will lose. That's guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You will get sued and you will lose. And God forbid, God forbid you're a white guy doing it to a black guy. Then you're going, you're, you'll go to jail. You'll go to jail. Then it's a hate crime. Um, yeah. 
So I think what happened to our, our, the guy down in New York, has anything no. developed there? No. Yeah. No, it's just yeah. still going to trial. I, know, I saw that he did get charged with manslaughter. With, yeah. Yeah. So you, you'll get charged with manslaughter yeah. for doing quote the right thing. And, uh, I think it's unfortunate. <laughs> Obviously it's unfortunate. You would, I mean, ideally you're in a, you're in a, a society where you can step outside your door and there's honor amongst men and everybody thinks it's a bad idea that you hit this woman and everybody agrees that you don't do that and you standing up for that woman is enough. It's enough so much so that like the person who did it wouldn't even think of retaliating against you for stopping him from abusing a woman physically. I'll also say this though, like if it was with a group of people I know or at like a party with mostly people I know, I would intervene at that point. Like if I saw you wheel off and just smack Jack in the face, I'd be like, whoa, like whoa, that, whoa, whoa, I would on, definitely intervene. What there. did she do? <laughs> again, I mean, if you did it again. <laughs> These things are subjective. But no, like if, if, if you take away the, the random stranger thing to it and, and, and I'm familiar with the people, whether I'm best friends with the dude or not, like I would absolutely yep, that's a, in but that that's scenario. A, yeah, a completely different situation. It's different. Yeah, a completely mm, different situation. Sure. And like, I don't think you should ever <laughs> what did you do? put up with <laughs> your friends abusing their partner, even if they did deserve it. And maybe she no, deserved no, it. Bro. No. I'm, not even, I'm not even saying she did. What I'm saying <laughs> is that I think that's good that you would intervene that way. And I, and I, I would expect that of my friends. And I, I, I think, I think I would agree with you there too. Like if, if it was within the familiarity of a group of people that I knew and I saw that happening, um, especially to somebody who I knew, not not that anybody has any business hitting anybody, but like I would never, there would never be justification for that for me and certainly not for you Mm -hmm. to be doing that. But you know that what I'm saying is that it's everybody for themselves out there. Really true. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. If there were, we were taking a walk one day, and Jacqueline saw this homeless person like on the street, and she wanted to call the cops because she was like concerned for this guy's safety. It's a noble thing to do. I did not like that she got involved. I like, and there's no reason yeah. for me not to yeah, like that. Fuck no, you, those guys there's are nothing. wild cards, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are, dude. You don't even know. I, in Seattle, we just saw a dude standing facing a corner, and he's going. Ah! Like screaming at the top of his lungs, and we just crossed the road yeah. and got the fuck out of there, bro. It's no, like, you don't. You do not know what these people are gonna do. I'm not trying to interact, help anything. Yeah, fuck that. And it's it sucks, man. It really does. I, I I really do wish we were at the like the, at the at the crossroads where we're like, all right, well, did this person deserve whatever he got? Hopefully, they didn't die, but maybe they got maimed or a broken nose or something happened because they were fucking around in a way they shouldn't. And we're a self-governing people and we self-govern. I'm not saying take the law into your hands. I'm saying there's an aspect outside of the law that this society and this culture operates in. And if we can't call a bad thing a bad thing and everybody agreed that it's a bad thing and that the consequences of you doing that bad thing, like hitting a woman in broad daylight are consequences that you brought upon yourself and we have no pity for you. It seems as though, and maybe I have the wrong read on this, I don't know, but it seems as though that criminals are getting the benefit of the doubt more often than they are not. I saw a tweet yesterday and some guy said that 
California should bring back the three strikes law for uh, violent offenders, um, armed robbery, and like sexual assault. And that after the third strike, if you're an offender of those three things, it is immediate hanging. Like 24 hours right after you hit your third strike, you get hung. And I'm reading that and I like, I was shocked. Mm. I was like, wow, that is a ridiculous thing to say. But the more I think about it, and I'm not on board with it, okay? Let me put that on. I'm not saying we should go hang criminals. I'm not saying that. What did they do? Did they deserve it? Yeah. What I'm saying is we should really take a look at how we treat the criminal, how we treat the criminal. Why are we beginning to give the criminal the benefit of the doubt? To me, it seems as though we're creating stories, building bridges, and drawing back their criminality to some unfortunate situation so that the crime that they commit is not their fault, really. It's the fault of some greater thing. It's the fault of of the, right, right. the system. Right. All right. Mental health we system. We love that word, yeah, the right. system. Um. <laughs> I disagree with that. And then I think you get people like, why do we- who like this guy that tweeted about the three strikes rule. And then you get people who are sympathetic to that sort of way of thinking because they're tired of seeing crime. They're tired of seeing women getting smacked in broad daylight and nobody doing anything about it. And tell you what, man, if I, I think twice about robbing somebody or hitting somebody if I knew that uh, there was a, a noose at the other end of that, that action. I always wonder why why we over police, especially like black and minority neighborhoods for you know petty drug crimes and and all kinds of shit, but yet we don't do anything any kind of like policing really for like homeless people and like held keep them held accountable for their actions like we do in countries and and impoverished areas all over the because country. homeless people are barely people that's a fucked up thing to say, but it's yeah, true yeah. Yeah, it's true. In a way, because you look at a homeless person, you see somebody freaking out on a bench, your heart sinks to the bottom of your stomach, and you feel for them, but you walk right on by. Because what can you do? But if you want, if if you want to actually help these people, you force them to be clean by putting them in prison. Is that what happens in prison? You know, I'd rather. Do you get clean? I I mean, I would think it's harder to get heroin and meth in prison than it it would be on the streets of Seattle or wherever. You know, like. and, and and if 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 it is really a form, I mean, I do believe it's like a form of legal slavery. It'd be better to be doing it to these people who need the help to get clean, you know, and and need some kind of focused, guided direction every single day, routine. That is a better way to me to get clean than you know, in and out of rehab facilities, giving them fucking needles and crack pipes outside, like. That makes no fucking well, sense to me. I don't know, man. Pr- pr- prison is P- a pretty putting them into a structured environment. environment. So if you take an unstable person and then you remove them from the relative stability of, uh, you know, American big city environment, relative stability of that, and then you put them in prison, you're not doing them any help. Yeah, maybe they're getting clean. Maybe they're not taking drugs. But the I, fittest, I mean, right. to me, it's just like you're just you're just pouring gasoline on that fire. You're creating a whole other problem that shouldn't exist because they're not criminals. Unless they're criminals, unless they do something criminal. To me, I don't know that taking Man. a drug or being addicted to a drug is a crime. It's, I think I said this before, it's a sin. It's, it's, a, it's a sickness of the heart and of the mind, and it has nothing to do with your behavior as a criminal. It could lead to things like violent crime or, you know, I remember one time I called the police on, uh, 
on some homeless people outside of my apartment in downtown because it sounded like somebody was getting raped. And if it's enough for me to hear something, mm. I'm like, that sounds like rape enough to where I'm going to go call the cops. Like it was, it was bad, dude. It was bad. And maybe they're on yeah. drugs. I don't know. Like, I don't think if you're in your right mind, you're, ma you're making those kinds of decisions, but maybe it leads to those kinds of decisions. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I, I, I definitely don't like the criminality of using drugs, which is counter to my dislike of the criminality of drugs. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, I don't like that drugs are criminal, but I don't like that drug users are criminals. That doesn't mesh. How do you, how do you, how do you marry the two? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Well, everyone on our Facebook poll said, you guys are yes, they would intervene. Bullshit so, liars. Hello to our yeah, liberal right. listeners. Yeah, <laughs> right. I would love to see it. That'd be a good social experiment to do, like act mm -hmm. with two actors, you know, a dude just slaps the shit out of another female actor and then see what yeah, people actually do. Yeah, and then when he, that, uh, the Probably guy gets done. approached, he acts like a maniac. How far do you take it? Yeah, right, right. Hey, yeah. yeah, get the crazy. Starts yelling in your face. <laughs> sorry, man, sorry. Lady, you're on your own. Go um, on. Go on. <laughs> we're both not single. But if you are, I recommend that you shoot your shot always. Two-time yes. Grand Slam champion Garbine Magurosa is now engaged to a fan who asked for a selfie with her in New York City in 2016. How about that? Good 2016 French Open and wow. 2017 Wimbledon champion announced her engagement to Arthur Borges over the weekend via Instagram. Um, she was in New York City during the 2021 US Open and she went for a walk in Central Park and she runs into this guy on the street and he says to her, he looked, recognized her, says good luck at the US Open and she thought that he was a handsome fella and now they're engaged. How about that? Nice. How about that's pretty awesome. That? Hell yeah. Uh, let's see. Rapid fire. Let's see what else is. Sports news. Um, I know you're really um, chapped about not being able to be in Southern California when the ladies of perpetual indulgence, excuse me, the sisters of perpetual indulgence make their appearance to be honored at Los Angeles Dodgers Stadium. Uh, Dodgers pitcher Clayton Kershaw, oh. none too happy about the honor. Um, has decided to move up his Christian faith and family day to get closer to when they're going to honor these sisters. I don't know this organization. What is oh, this? Oh, are you not familiar with the story? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. It's been hot news here in Southern California. Let me tell you. Dodgers hold the Pride Night. They have for many years. And during this Pride Night, they were going to honor a bunch of people. I think Billie Jean King was going to be honored and different members of the LGBTQ community. They also were going to honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And these are a group of drag queens, I guess you could say, a bunch of men in drag. And they dress up as nuns in, in a very blasphemous way. And the idea mm. is that they're bringing attention to the centuries, there's not decades if not centuries of bigotry and I get hatred you could say from the Catholic Church towards the LGBTQ community that's their whole shtick maybe I did hear do they like invite them then uninvite yes, them then reinvite exactly them that's exactly what happened okay I think I did so hear about they, this yeah, okay. not only did they invite them they were going to honor them and once it came out they were going to honor them different churches and Catholic societies in Los Angeles were like 
what the fuck? This right. is crazy. You guys going to honor these people? Like their whole thing is to disrespect the Catholic church. And if that's your whole thing, fine, but you're honoring these people. That's a problem. And so the Dodgers were like, you know what? We've rethought this. We're going to rescind our offer to honor them. We're still going to honor them, but we're not going to honor them publicly at Dodger Stadium on Prod Night. And then the backlash to that backlash was much bigger than the original backlash. And so they said, wow. you know, we've done a lot of thinking on this. Um, we're we've sorry. reached out to different members of this community and we've taken a beat and we've learned so much in our, we've grown. In our time of meditation. Um, and we apologize to those we've heard and we would love the sisters of perpetual indulgence to be honored at pride night. What were we ever thinking? And so now they're reinvited and now everyone's like, huh? Okay. Fantastic. Like fantastic. Like good for you. Baseball team for taking this courageous stance. And now Clayton Kershaw is like, this is really fucked up. Um, he always holds this Christian faith night. Here, I'll, I'll read from uh, his own words. I think we were always going to do Christian faith day this year, but I think the timing of our announcement was sped up, Kershaw said. Picking a date and doing those different things was part of it as well. Yes, it was in response to highlighting the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence by the Dodgers. Again, if that's your thing, if you're the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, let me pull up some pictures here, then fine, you know, do what you'd like. Uh, I do think it's an odd move for the Los Angeles Dodgers baseball team to bring these, uh, I don't know, what do you call them? Ladies, gentlemen, these fine folks. Yeah, fellas. Uh, to Dodger Stadium. But look, here, when they disinvited them, I was actually a little bit upset. Um, here's your Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Do you see this? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Looks like ICP fans. It <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. Um, there was one, I saw a video, like they have like a, fl like they were in a, I think there must've been the pride parade because they were on a float. And uh, there was like a, I guess a character portraying Jesus on a cross, but he was like using the cross as like a stripper pole, like super disrespectful. And like, if you find that funny, like that, that's your thing. Fine. Like, I really don't care. Do think it's interesting that they're on honoring them. And then when they disinvited them, I was upset because you can't pick and choose which LGBTQ plus plus IA, you know, that you're going to put in your program and honor. And if you've chosen to honor them, you can't disinvite them because there was backlash. You've chosen this. This is what to me, I think is like part of the issue was that all of these groups are like, like in, in one group, it's all in one group. And so just by association of being at this pride night, you have like Billie Jean King, who's like, you'd never think of her, regardless of her thoughts on the Catholic church, like you would never think of her as somebody who would purposely disrespect anybody, let alone nuns and priests in the Catholic church, right? Like just seems like a pretty well-rounded person. And then you have these folks and they're all in it together, even if they don't want to be. And I don't think that's very fair to everybody in that community because like I, I guarantee there's a lot of people who don't appreciate this like this is ridiculous this is crazy mm -hmm. and you can't pick and choose you can't like say like oh, I want to honor these people I don't want to honor these people no 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 you, you you don't you don't have the opportunity to just say I'm gonna do that you have to embrace all of it and uh I'm glad they brought it back I'm glad that they're honoring that I really am honest to God truly am 
glad that they're honoring these people because you can't just say, I'm going to honor these, these people, but because these people have the backlash from the church, I'm going to say no. Like, that's weak sauce. You decided to honor them? Honor them. And I'm glad they are. Hmm. All right, you got to stop sharing your screen. I can't keep looking at that. My bad. I honestly <laughs> forgot that I was. Uh, <laughs> Dude, while we're, while we're on the religious faith spectrum, uh-huh. do you see that Martin Scorsese met with the Pope this week? And he's going to be doing a, a movie? movie about Jesus, Jesus Christ. Is he really? Is the Pope going to be in it? I don't think so. He got the Pope's blessing to do it, though, because his last one, uh, you ever seen The Last Temptation of Jesus Christ? No. It's about like, a, it's like a fictional adaption of Jesus, but like kind of like showing his struggle with, do I want to be this Messiah, this whole, that, mm-hmm. that whole thing, like the Jesus we know, or, you know, do I want to fuck Mary Magdalene? Do I want to, <laughs> you know, do, be a man, you know, his struggle between a deity and a human, basically. Yeah. Uh, Relatable. It caused a lot of backlash in 88 and whatnot, but um, yeah, so apparently that's that's soon to come. It's going to be his next film, so I'm not a super religious man, but I'm a big film fan, especially Martin Scorsese. So I'll definitely check that out. The guy who made Goodfellas is going to do a movie about Jesus. Yeah, yeah right, right. Love it. It seems love like it. an easy way to make money though, man. Like that's a huge, a huge base of people. Like the passion. That was like one of the biggest movies forever, right. you know, and it's not even in English. It's in Aramaic. It's like, it's just, it's just a good way to, to draw people. But now you, you get someone like a Martin Scorsese telling the story. I'm in, definitely in. That's all it is on that. I just saw it yesterday. I'm like, oh, that'll, that'll be interesting. I might tickle Frank's pickle a little bit. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Um, I'd love to see it. The, the the conversation around this group, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, especially on Twitter, it always devolves back to the Catholic Church's abuses or their um, cover-ups or their... Of which there are many. Misgivings, quite a bit. I think a new story, I mean, dude, a new story comes out like every month, it seems, but I, I feel like it was in Baltimore. Do you hear about this? It's a new story? No, I, I don't think so. I don't know. Some thousands of Baltimore Catholic clergy abused hundreds of children and teens, attorney general says. In a 463-page investigation released by the Maryland attorney general detailed an enormous scope and scale of scandal. This was in April. Um, so yeah, like it always devolves back into that. And what what do you what do you do if you're the Catholic Church? Like what do you do? Yeah, I don't know, man. That that's shit. That's kind of you got to lie in the bed you made, man. You allowed it to go on for years and years and years, decades, you know. And I mean, it's counter to everything you teach. So I I, I don't know. I, do you lean into why. it? No, I mean you you crack down on it. You, no, I'm not, I'm not I'm not saying do you lean into the abuse. Not I'm not saying do you continue to abuse children and you grow that program. I'm saying, do you lean into the fact that it happened? Yeah, you have to acknowledge it. It happened. Like it, and probably continues to happen. Not as broad of a scope as it did in the seventies, eighties, nineties, where we hear a lot of these stories from that like, kind of surface now. But I mean, you have to, you have to acknowledge it and say, we fucked up. Yes. We did this for years. You persecute those people, man. You, 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 lead the witch hunt to get them into prison. You don't relocate them to another diocese, you know, there was a, a guy that Pope Francis, I think, relocated to mm-hmm. that was a known like pedophile, and he he relocated him to like deaf kids or or mute kids, and he continued to abuse those like hundreds of kids for years. It's like you don't you don't protect them. It's this is it's not a thin blue line. Fuck that bullshit. You 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 have to get this out of your 
I mean, you have to get this out of like the scope of what people think when they think of Catholic. And the only way you do that is by aggressively leaning into the fact that it happened and we're going to fix it. Otherwise, they're never going to escape this, dude. And it's going to keep going on because they're protected by the power of the state of the Vatican. Right. It's a, yeah, you got a worldwide organization with a worldwide epidemic of abuse of children. I don't mean to make light of Which it. Which is the worst, it, but it's like, it's like, how do you fix that problem? Like, where do you, like, and I, and I love your idea. Like, I, but I think about this a lot. For whatever reason, I'm sure there are plenty of good ones. We love to invoke World War II and Hitler and Nazis and all the atrocities that we've saw before our eyes. We were so shocked as a world and that, that all of this stuff could happen. And I always think back to this idea because I've had this idea and I feel like everyone's had this idea, particularly before technology was advanced as it was, that nobody's going to find out. Who's going to know that I did this? Yeah, yeah, right. I think about that all of the time because that must have been the prevailing thought of everybody everywhere thinking that they can keep things under wraps because who's going to find out? Who's going to mm -hmm. know? No one's going to know. There's no cameras here. Nobody's going to find out. I can get away with this. And so instead of taking the high route and hanging, excuse me, hanging <laughs> uh, sexual predators of the church and making examples out of them, um, they decided to protect them. In, like the most interesting move to me. But the police as an organization have protected their own in America for always. Yes. Have, it's a tough job, yada, yada, yada. But right. Like, but when you have when law they, When there's hands, fuck boy cops, they, they protect them. Right. Right. Yes. But, but, you but know, hold on. That's, that's different because a cop is out there putting their life on the line and there are way less dirty, bad cops who commit crimes than there are For sure. priests that have diddled children. Couldn't you say there's a lot, there's more good priests than there are pedophiles? Um, yes, think? but in, in, in the, yes. And maybe you could make the case, which you probably would have a good, now that I'm thinking about it, a good case that if you like studied policing worldwide, that you find corruption as like an epidemic. It's a mainstay in policing worldwide. No matter where you go, police departments are corrupt because absolute power corrupts absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe you find that. But I think on a grander scale, especially when you're trying to uh, not cede the moral high ground, if you have a worldwide epidemic of your organization of abused children everywhere, 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 um, like there's no amount of good priests that could drown that out. Yeah. yeah. I, and, I, and I think you do need to make examples, heavy examples, because like if you're, I don't know, man, like if, if, you, if you're not playing by your own book. Like, what are you doing? Are you forg you're forgiving these people? Are they, they gone to confession and now they're good? You know what I mean? Dude I, yeah. dude, I swear, the church is killing religion these days. I swear to God it is, dude. Like, there's so many, we've yeah. talked about all the time, there's so many great tenets that you can take from Catholicism, yeah. like all the all the religions, you know, but it's like, and I, I guess I don't know as much about the church system and, and Judaism and, and all these other religions, but. And I think you and I have the, the ability Catholic to. church for sure. To, Look at it and be like, okay, the sum total of the church is not the excess of abuses. It's definitely mm -hmm. a part of it, but it's not the sum total. Correct. And Correct. at the expense of defending the Catholic church, you just, you and I mostly, just sit with that information. Like, I know it's not the sum total, and that's good enough for me. So you could excuse the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and people who support them for thinking that they're actually doing a good to society. 
for mocking this religion that has caused so much pain and mm-hmm. suffering amongst See children. That viewpoint. Right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm on the side of the Catholic Church in this one. Like, I don't really appreciate the public display of contempt and lament towards an organization whose followers, by and large, have nothing to do with the abuses of the church. I guess you could say they're complicit by... Supporting it. By supporting it. But, you know, like, these people look to God through the Catholic Church for help, for refuge, for salvation, which is not an idea that we put out into the world anymore. It's for salvation, right? Like, where is forgiveness in American society? Where does that exist outside of the church, right? It's a lot of, like, ah, you said the N-word 10 years ago on Twitter. You're fucked, buddy. Like, you're not going to have a job anymore. There's no forgiveness for the growth of the human spirit, mind, psyche, but that mm-hmm. exists within the Catholic Church. If people go to the Catholic Church for forgiveness, and so I think that like there is a lot of positives that the Catholic Church then decides to shit all over when they don't do anything <laughs> about yeah. the things that they've done. Um, I real quick, I, we have to get out of here. But I was flying back from Dallas um, last week, and I had to fire off an email. So I get right through TSA, and the first thing I see is this little wine bar, and so I go up to, wasn't even going to drink. I just needed to plug my charger in and fire off this email and then maybe like plug my phone into. And there's this woman from Amarillo, Texas sitting next to me. And, uh, she starts talking to me about the wine she's drinking. And she, she talks me in to buying a glass of wine. Didn't take much effort. And <laughs> I get the wine and, and I just, it, it sets down and I'm writing this email. So I'm not even paying attention to the wine. Like 10 minutes go by and I'm like, oh shit, I have this glass of wine. So I go to take a sip. And she goes, you know, I was just thinking that you weren't drinking your wine. I was, I was thinking it with my mind and you did it. And I go, oh, that's like telekinesis. And she's like, uh, no, that's when you move things with your mind. And I was like, well, what is it? She goes, I don't know the word. I go, well, then I think you're a witch. <laughs> and she, burn art. And she and she goes, <laughs> no, sir. And she pulls out this cross from underneath her blouse. She goes, I am a Christian woman. And um, and then she starts talking. <laughs> she starts like, I, I swear, I did not invite this conversation. She goes, um, I'm a Christian woman, and I think that devils are everywhere in America right now. I think they're everywhere. What do you think? And so I was like, uh, I, I I don't know. I was like, I As think you're we, sipping your devil juice. Yeah, <laughs> right. I did say this. I said, I think we indulge in a lot of the activities that the good book has warned us against for whatever that's worth. And I thought I was about to have a cool little theological conversation with a nice woman from Amarillo, Texas. And the next words out of her mouth were, and loud as fuck, dude, in a hotel bar or in a bar at an airport, she goes, well, what do you think about the indoctrination of our children and I was like, oh my God, fuck. There's Why no way. There's no her? way that she's like having this open conversation with a fucking stranger. Oh, so at that point, I was like, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know. Um, oh, I'm getting a call. Sorry. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Why am I like very obviously working? So she like she, I don't, I don't know. She kind of like leaves it and then and then she like talks about, she goes, Well, I'm a Christian woman. Are, are you are you a man of faith? I go, uh, I think for like simplicity reason, I, I said like, yeah, sort of. And she starts talking about her church. I go to this church and this and the other. It seemed like some, you know, like new age Christian kind of church. And she goes, what church do you go to? 
I go, oh, I don't go to church, but I was raised Catholic. <laughs> I swear to God, dude. She goes, well, let me push back on that for a second. <laughs> Like, God damn it. Why did I start this serious? conversation? <laughs> but but she, she starts asking me about uh, confession. And she goes, mm. what gives the priest the right to forgive sins? What gives him that power? And I go, well, I, I don't think it's the priest that has that power to forgive sins. And she's like, who is it? And I was like, well, um, and I'm trying to like find the words. And I'm like, uh, uh, and she goes, uh, uh, uh. And I was like, what? what? Damn. Are you serious right now? Dude, like she was being a bitch. <laughs> so I was like, fuck you. And I was like, it's not the priest. Uh, the priest works through Jesus Christ. So you're telling your sins to our Lord and Savior through this priest. He's acting as a speakerphone. He has no power, no more power to, to forgive sins than you or I or anybody else that's made of flesh. Uh, he, is, he is only the channel through which you get your sins uh, forgiven. And she goes... Well, I hadn't thought of it like that. And I want to thank you for educating me. I was like, oh, okay. This ended, ended up being a kind of a cool conversation yeah. after all. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. I just thought that was a really funny story. Don't that is funny. talk to uh, women with thick Texas accents in the <laughs> Dallas airport. Dude, they, speaking of confession, do you ever think about like all the shit, especially if like a priest is like a pedo or whatever, like, at a at a Catholic grade school or whatever, like all the guys that are probably like, I was masturbating or like whatever, like how they get like that Catholic guilt of whatever like what they're doing once they're going through oh, like yeah. it's a strong a force. moment in their life when testosterone's higher than it's ever been in your life. And like all these priests are just hearing about all these boys like jerking off. <laughs> just like <laughs> like that's that's not good. <laughs> it could be a problem, dude. I don't it I don't could. really understand confession because it's like, why am I gonna tell this motherfucker all the bad things I've done? For him to be like, all right, three Hail Marys. Yeah. The Lord will forgive you. Yeah. I, I never understood that shit. That's it's I would never say anything other than like I was mean to my mom and my brother. And, well that like, I, I mean I that's uh that's like uh I think that's the tenet of a lot of different religions. Um like uh Scientology. Mm. You know? You you say the things that you did wrong all the time. I think that's like a core part part of any religion or cult or whatever is that you you confide in somebody your deepest darkest secrets with the assumption in the case of a priest a catholic priest that they're never going to tell anybody and it's between you and him and god and that's it and while that is i think really healthy in a way yeah it's also mm -hmm. incredibly manipulative because now it's yeah. like yeah well now now God's got you by the balls and mm -hmm. he's doing that through no pun intended, a priest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, a, it's, a, it's a, I think it's a very powerful tool that That's these true. religions yeah, use. That's true. And I, again, I think it's, I think it's healthy. I really do. Like on the whole, I think it's healthy that you confess, Re reflect, confess yeah. on something and ask for forgiveness. Again, going back to that, 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 that's a theme that I've been kind of focusing on lately is that the, is the theme of forgiveness. Where does forgiveness exist? If we're deciding that as a society, we're going to move in the opposite direction of organized religion. There's a lot of things that we need to figure out. One of them being, where does forgiveness fit into all of this? When do we begin to forgive people? And does that come from us? Because it used to come from God. And God used to forgive us. Now God's not forgiving us, or at least we're not asking him for it. Who do we ask for forgiveness from? 
Because if you ask for forgiveness from your peers, especially a group of peers, then you just end up, you just basically end up sucking dick for lack of a better phrase. I can't think of a better phrase, but you just, you just end up <laughs> groveling, groveling. You end up groveling. Yeah. You just grovel. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for my, for my misgivings, for not saying the right thing or thinking the right thing or this, that, and the other. And the problem started with man. So the solution is definitely not with man, men, and, uh, yeah, mankind. Yeah. I have to get it's out of here. with aliens. It's with aliens. Oh, th- before you leave, did you wrap up Succession? Ah, just last night I did. I w- we won't give away any spoilers, but were you happy with the end? I won't. It was always Tom. <laughs> <laughs> it always was. It had to be. I knew it was going yeah. to be. I, I, I swear I knew it was going to be. We can cut this out. I, I knew it was going to be. I knew he was, he was the I knew what the ending so was long. going to be. I I almost I didn't see it happening the exact same way that it happened, but I I knew that it was going to be that person. I would, yeah, I knew the show was always a tragedy, but I was getting so much I was just like happy for Kendall. It seemed like his lifelong what he always wanted mm-hmm. was was about to come true. Mm-hmm. Like literally what he wanted since he was 7 and then his sister is the one that like like I, I saw an interesting thing and it's like the Shiv is now basically becoming her mother because she'll be like the wife of a powerful CEO mm. who's destroyed all the relationships in her family and her kids will hate her. And it's like, damn. Like mm. the writing in that show and like the the imagery and like the callbacks that they do is, is so good. But yeah, man, I, I just felt for Kendall. I, I literally thought he was about to kill himself in the last I scene. I thought but. so too. I thought that the weird man, I, th- I thought that he was like a hitman, but that, ha- that Kendall hired himself. Um, no, that was his bodyguard. Is that who it was before in the show? Yeah. yeah I didn't yeah, know who yeah, that yeah. was. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe recency bias, but I think that is the best show ever created. <sighs> well, and then Barry ended on the same night. No, I haven't. Did, were I haven't you, you watch Barry? No, I haven't Dude, seen it since the, season two. The most bleak, sad series ender I've ever seen. But mm-hmm. that show is so good. Um, can't recommend. It. You'd love it if you like Bill Hader. It's it's so good. It, it's a great show. It's very well acted, very well written, just like Succession. Yeah. Uh, and they're only like thirty minutes. They're very digest digestible. But um, all right, we'll get out of here. I'm sorry. I'll put a spoiler warning in the uh, in the show. Okay. Just so we don't ruin that for anybody. But uh. If you guys want to find us on our socials, you can find us on Twitter at FriendshipNH. You can find us on TikTok and Instagram at FriendshipNewsHour. And you can always send us an email to bummerdude.media at gmail.com. That is bummerdude.media at gmail.com. Yeah. Once again, happy birthday to Mia Moore, Sarah Kenzie. Happy birthday. And yes. We'll see you next week, man. Good luck with the move, Frank. Thank you. See ya.